Investor Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning and welcome to Rochester Today. I'm Andy Brownell. It's already Thursday. We're bracing for another big storm. Now, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But Tom Ostrom is with us, of course. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Andrew. Yeah, it's kind of done with this winter stuff, aren't we? I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's almost mid-March. Let's get this done with. Goodness gracious. Yeah. What's in the mailbag today? The satirical Babylon Bee. <laughs> Man regrets transitioning to woman after seeing the long restroom lines. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Chicago honors Lori Lightfoot's legacy with a 21-gun salute. Oh, irony. (laughs) That's Babylon B? Yep. Okay. And then the satire battle, Babylon B. And then then, uh, Babylon B also. uh, Lightfoot attributes her election loss to voter murder phobia. (laughs) Murder phobia. Let's see. That's good. And then uh, uh, from uh, uh, a cartoon, a political cartoonist, satirist Goodwin, it shows uh, Attorney General Garland. And he was asked this and he had an answer similar to this. But it shows uh, it shows the uh, federal police like the Keystone cops and 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 Garland's asking answering questions. And he was asked, why can't you catch those? People who attacked uh, 70 pro-life centers, and by the way, they just attacked one in Minnesota. And Garland said, and he did say this to, to uh, in, in a testimony, while well, we have difficulty monitoring them because they do it at night. He <laughs> did. Yes, yes. Um, and then the, uh, the mailbag rose. Who'd have thunk it? New York police are telling businesses they should require customers to take off their face masks on a condition of oh, yeah. entry because of a surge in robberies across the Big Apple. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad Rose brought this up because I just saw a report on this last night. And I couldn't stop laughing when I saw it. <laughs> the new mayor is explaining the policy. He wants every shop in New York City to enforce this policy. So if you're wearing the mask because of COVID or the flu, whatever it may be, they want you to come into the store, face the security camera, pull your mask down so the security camera can see you and put it back up if you wish. But to show your face to the security camera, in case you commit a crime, they can identify you. <laughs> well, oh my, it's a, so the, the bad guys who are going to commit the crime are going to somehow follow this policy? Yeah. Yeah, they don't follow laws. That's why they're called. <laughs> that is funny. Andy. Come in with their guns. Wait a minute. We got to lower our masks for a second. Yeah. Okay. That is that is funny. It's it's beyond. Yeah, stranger than fiction. It is. <laughs> and from KLS, uh, the mask thing isn't that hilarious. Um, ever, and ever since the masking began, you've entered a financial institution. How easy it is to pull a stick up. How clever of businesses to notice this. Uh, and then she said Huckabee had a brilliant and uh, engaging guest on his show. Uh, first, his daughter, Sarah, who is no waltz. And then the famous uh, epidemiologist, Jay Bhattacharya, who's on Fox a lot. 
and uh, the left went after him because he questioned the virus stories and the masking and everything. And and he said this, uh, the doctor said this, I'm grateful to the U.S. government apparatchiks who labeled me a fringe epidemiologist and unlicensed pundit. I am fond of the epitaphs and glad that the bureaucrats made good use of taxpayer-funded time to attack us science critics during the pandemic. And he said, also grateful for the pharma-funded trolls whose job it is to defame me and other anti-lockdown critics on social media. You know who you are. Thank you for your hard work uh, and all that. So uh, some of the experts... uh, proclamations that are coming home to roost andy i just love the term unlicensed pundit <laughs> yeah right right and then uh, from from uh, uh from from wayne the cape wind offshore wind turbine projects uh, cape cod he means in massachusetts a 2.6 billion dollar project would have produced electricity for 65,000 homes on cape cod martha's vineyard and Nantucket Islands in Massachusetts. The project was finally canceled after 20 years. Why? Even though it had federal approval? Uh, not in my backyard. The rich yep. Democrats there did not want this energy project near where they live. And uh, just, uh, the, again, the hypocrisy of that. that that's so, amazing. On a related note, former Congressman Gil Gutnick was on on Monday's show, and we were talking a bit about the energy issue. And Minnesota's 2040 green energy mandate signed into law by the governor. And there was, Gil brought this statistic. So I'm going to, you'll be citing Gil when I say this because I had no time to um, verify the accuracy, but it rings true that we currently have in the state of Minnesota somewhere over 5,000 of these wind term, turbines operating. And if you took it at current, energy needs for the state of Minnesota and you are going to try to make up the gap between what is produced now with renewables and what would be needed if we eliminated um, and I assume this would be taking nuclear off the table too but the current natural gas and um, coal fire and the other electrical generation you would have to take that 5,600 windmills and expand it to 300 and some thousand windmills mm-hmm. by the year 2040 in order to make up for those the loss of the fossil fuel-generated electrical power sources. I think I said that wrong, but you get my gist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which, when you look at that, seems... Impossible. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, granted, I'm sure there'd be a solar mix thrown in there, and it's just a way of illustrating how big of a how big of a gap exists between the reality of today and what the governor is promising in 2040. Yes, boy. Yeah, the complexities uh, just uh, keep growing. That uh, was the mailbag. Okay, we're done uh, with the mailbag. Right. Sure. So we'll we'll take the break. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, Tom. We'll be back in a moment with more Rochester Today on Newstock 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
Stay safe on the roads with Rainex Weather Armor Windshield. Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester today, Thursday morning. What's up in Minnesota local news topics, Tom? Well, a wonderful article, Andrew, on the KROC News website that you wrote. Uh, the Mayo Clinic Rochester ranked as... Uh, not the state's best hospital, not the nation's best hospital com- complex, but the world's best c- medical complex. Uh, and I, I just think that's extraordinary. Uh, it uh, is extraordinary when you think about it. Patient safety, hygiene, quality of care, uh, patient outcomes. Uh, there's some other great hospitals listed in America, too. But uh, uh, and, and announcing the ranking, the Mayo Official said the ranking is a tribute to the work staff across the Mayo Clinic complex. Makes it interesting to me when I was reading the Newsweek piece that gave Mayo that ranking and thought of what the University of Minnesota is proposing. Uh, They're proposing spending literally billions of state dollars to create another world-class health system at the University of Minnesota that it seems as if their wish would be to rival Mayo. I mean, I understand the concept that you you have a world-class university there that has a medical school, Mm -hmm. tie it to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. You can have some wonderful things happening as far as medicine is concerned. But I just wonder if, if it's a wise thing to spend that kind of money when you already have within the state of Minnesota a medical system which is ginormous, has you know over seventy five thousand employees worldwide, and over forty thousand in the state of Minnesota. Actually, more than that, over fifty thousand in the state of Minnesota, and, and try to I don't know replicate that in the Twin Cities. I, I, I don't know if that is such a wise move. Yeah, it's competitive, I, I think, and yet the university. Hospitals uh, coordinate and cooperate with Mayo, so that'll be a, that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm just thinking of the tax dollar component of this. They've got they're going to the legislature this year with the request for essentially a billion dollars to purchase the buildings and facilities from the Fairview Health System, which purchased them from the University of Minnesota some 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> so basically, buy them back. And then also provide this. This is the number that got me. It was six hundred and thirty some million dollars of the request is for ninety days of operational expenses. Mm. Wow! Yeah, wow, exactly. And then on top of that, the request in the long term will be perhaps another billion dollars in state funding to build this new medical center on the University of Minnesota that would expand what they're already doing. So it, it, this is taxpayer dollars, a large amount of it would be. So and, I, once again, I'm, I'm not answering my own question. I'm wondering if that is a wise use of tax dollars, considering you already have mail right. in place. That's right. And then the extraordinary costs of uh, construction, of the technology they have to uh, buy, uh, the staff they'd have to hire and train, uh, getting it running, advertising it, uh, 
having the uh, housing facilities for patients that would come uh, yeah they're 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 going they're launching an extraordinarily complex uh, operation right and a lot of it i have to i have to believe a lot of it would duplicate what we have in rochester already mm-hmm. mm. yeah and they can't duplicate it <laughs> so <laughs> all right okay. we'll have to wait for more answers on that question right uh, Catherine Kirsten used to write for the Star Tribune. She's a conservative. Uh, she's an attorney and she's with the Center of the American Experiment in administrative and research and writing capacities. And uh, she wrote recently about that divisive ethnic studies bill advancing at the Capitol. And, uh, and she, she, she says the, they're moving the, uh, at the Capitol to enrich ethnic studies in the Minnesota K-12 school system. And uh, th- th- this far-reaching campaign to research uh, children's identity around skin color, um, teaching them racialized hierarchy and oppression in America, woke ideology, uh, just so destructive to the learning process and even to... Uh, comedy among groups she said these things are uh, deliberately causing friction animosity and hatred between groups they're unacademic they get in the way of academic uh, uh, achievement when our schools are failing in some of those areas because of these other things uh, they're not learning uh, academic standards they're not uh, schools aren't enforcing discipline the critical race theory and the DFL, she said, is fast-tracking and hijacking the K-12 education system, uh, guaranteed to make things worse, in her opinion. On a related note, I read a recent survey about the term woke, which <laughs> wokery, whatever you want to call it. Um, interestingly enough, it found that a majority of Americans, 56%, view the term woke in a positive light. Mm. Yeah, it, but this is the breakdown. It gets even more interesting because if you break it down into a question, if someone were to call you woke, would you consider that a compliment or an insult? And it reverses. And a majority of Americans would consider that an insult, not mm. a compliment. <laughs> but then it breaks down into partisan lines, of course, that a majority, a vast majority of people who identify themselves as Republicans would consider it an insult. And then it gets a little murkier among Democrats. Uh, 42% of Democrats at that point, if I have my numbers correct, it was in the 40s, would consider somebody telling them that they're woke a compliment, but it wasn't a majority. So it, it's mixed results in the survey. Is I thought it was really interesting. Yes. People have different conceptions of what the term means. Exactly. And it was the definition of it because um, those who do not look at the term woke in a positive manner believe if you're calling somebody or describing them as woke, you're describing them as a person who wishes to control the thoughts and language used by another individual. Uh, Those who view it in a positive light view it as a description of a person who has um who is learned and I, I can't remember the exact language but has uh looked into the 
histories of people who have been underrepresented in our society in the past and have recognized their I, – I'm, I'm not getting this correct. I'm trying to paraphrase it, but I think you can once again get my gist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I love Cato's phrase for all that. He called it wokery. Yes. Like witchcraft, which it might well be. <laughs> uh, one more item, uh, and this relates to what we mentioned already. An organization reported vandalism at its Minneapolis Crisis Pregnancy Center, uh, family, New Life Family Services, uh, building graffiti, broken windows, and uh, a message left, if abortion isn't safe, either are you and and uh, the, the new life family services said we provide pregnancy related services they complained about that but their bias is uh, the, the abortion uh, uh, right that they say we give testing counseling uh, we get in touch with licensed adoption services parental support programs and and uh, recovery uh, programs education and support but we're vandalizing people say well they're biased in favor of, of life who'd ever thought <laughs> being pro-life would be a negative concept i'm with you tom i and i don't understand the objection to oh you know the pregnancy centers these crisis pregnancy centers they are largely have been always uh funded by religious organizations trying to offer an alternative to a person going through this crisis in their life. Well, I still can't figure out what's wrong with that. Right. And the the left calls itself pro-choice, which is an absolute lie. They are not in favor of choice. They're in favor of one option and demonize the other choice. Yeah, I think it's pro-choice. So you talk about words being confusing, whether woke or pro-choice. I think it's more nuanced than that, though, Tom. I, I I think there are many people who view this as they don't want the government involved in this decision. Although they do want the government to fund the abortions. <laughs> so, by I, I, I think on both ends you have absolutists, but in the vast middle, there's a lot of gray area here where people imagine that if I was in that position, I wouldn't want a government deciding what I can or cannot do. But at the same time, they're not supportive of the idea of abortion. That's right. And and they do want government involved. They want the courts. They want legislators to support them and have laws. Yeah, I know. <laughs> their, their philosophy. I, I know. There's a whole lot of that going on everywhere, isn't there? Yeah. I saw uh, regarding a totally different issue. Um, I think it was the gender issue, and and um. Was it Bill Maher? He's the one on HBO, right? Yeah. Accusing a politician from Tennessee or one of the other states of hypocrisy on that issue by pointing out that it was getting the government involved in the decision of what kind of treatment a child could have. And and then I thought, well, wait a minute. On the left, you have all sorts of (laughs) support of 
mandated procedures or mandate. It's like everybody's playing this game. It's mm-hmm. uh, I don't, okay. Well, we have to take a break. <laughs> You're all wound up, Andrew. Before well, just, as we wait for the storm to hit, <laughs> I just lament the violence. I mean, the idea that somebody took it to the level where they're vandalizing other people's property when. Obviously, this disagreement has been going on within our society for more than 50 years because the conflict led to the decision of Roe v. Wade. So it goes back to the beginning of time, actually, ever since the idea that somebody wanted to terminate a pregnancy because of what was going on in their lives. So it's it's going to be with us forever, I think. Mm-hmm. And resolving it with violence is not the right answer. The dispute. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> you're making a face at me, so it's time to take a break. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> trying to, I'm enjoying your philosophy and, uh, I, and your yeah. attempts to clarify such inordinate complexities. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing very well. That's you sure. did fine, Andy. I think, I think I'm digging a deeper very, hole. The very fact that you have a challenge explaining it illustrates the nature of the issue. Yeah, okay. Complexities, as Mr. Ostrom would like to say. We'll be back after the news break. On News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. It can be... Tom here. I'm Andy Brownell. And uh, I think I remembered what I was trying to say with the Bill Maher comparison about getting the government involved. Where yep, he was... Ob- you're talking about the former Attorney General uh, of, of Trump. No, the, the, oh, oh, the, the license... I- the licensed pundit on HBO, Bill Maher. Oh, Maher, Maher. I thought you said Barr. No. M-A-H-R, yeah. Yeah, and I believe he is licensed, unlike the other one was unlicensed. I'm kidding, of course. But okay. um, he, He's getting more conservative on issues going after well, excesses. I think libertarian might be the better descriptor of him. Yes. But, so he was pointing out that the Tennessee law, I think it was Tennessee, is getting the government involved in this decision Whereas a parent who had a child going through something brings the child to the doctor and the doctor recommends some sort of medical intervention regarding gender, the government getting in the way and saying, no, you can't do that. And making the comparison that if you took your child in for answer, you certainly wouldn't want the government involved in that decision and how your child would be treated for that. You would want your doctor and yourself to be involved in that decision without making the distinction that some of these issues have arisen in states where um, you could have a child undergo these treatments without the parent's knowledge directed through some sort of school program. And there have been objections to that, and I wish I could be better at citing where that has happened, but you have brought it up in the past before. That would be government being involved in this decision without the parents' involvement. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. And then the other one I thought of when I he was describing this is often those on that on the left side of the political aisle compared to the right are proponents of a universal health care system, which is the ultimate of getting the government involved in medical decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's... It's all gray. It's all cloudy. Every bit of this is. There's, and, and, and yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they either, all, di- either I dug my hole deeper or I 
kind of got my head above the ground a little bit there. Well, and and, and they all involve uh, a phrase you've used uh, before on the show, the slippery slope. Slippery slopes. All right, let's move. Oh, one more state thing, just for I, I, a laugh. I forgot about this one. One of the bills introduced in the state legislature this year, I think I mentioned it already, would prohibit the sale of bottled water mm-hmm. in the state because of the containers. But the bill has changed a little bit. The author of the bill said you can't sell the bottled water in Minnesota, but if you want to give it away, it's okay. Mm. <laughs> I thought, yeah. and I thought, well, number one, what manufacturer is going to, because the idea of you have a disaster relief, one of the first things you see in a disaster relief is people bringing in bottled water because sure. the sanitary systems are usually knocked out whether it be a flood or a tornado, whatever it may be, and you'll see the military, whatever, bringing in bottled water for the citizens to use. Well, if you're banning bottled water for purchase, it's going to be pretty hard to find any manufacturer who's going to stockpile bottled water in case it needs to be given away. Yeah, right. And and former President Trump brought bottled water to the uh, Ohio train wreck location uh acting before buddha jig or whatever his name is buddha gig uh, and others acted on it and, and it's essential to people's health and safety yeah. to have that water but the reasons there are warehouses filled with the product is that it's a very profitable product for the companies that make it if you take away the profit they're not going to be warehouses full of it unless sure. the government manufactures them and stockpiles it that's right and grocery stores sell it off their shelves right uh, the Atlanta police arrested 35 Antifa mobsters uh, who attacked officers, destroyed construction equipment, threw Molotov cocktails at the cops. Uh, that's attempted murder uh, because uh, the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center is being built there, and the leftists don't like it. They threw rocks, bricks, Molotov cocktails. That's attempted murder at, at the police and vandalism. So the responding officers used... Uh, non-lethal force to arrest many of them uh, and, a, and a Georgia state trooper was uh, was was uh, shot and so a congresswoman from Georgia Marjorie Taylor Greene is finally moving to say Antifa has gone over the line here and I'm introducing legislation to declare them a terrorist organization and then maybe the uh, Department of Justice will finally start uh, prosecuting them but the police arrested several of them, and they will be confined to prison. They're, they wear their black outfits, and they're, they're horribly vicious, as they have been in demonstrations and riots across the nation. But the DOJ has not been interested in pursuing them. They find white extremists somewhere that are more dangerous. Well, these people are white, too, by the way. But Antifa, Tom, is just a concept. It's not really an organization. Yeah. That's I'm right. just – I mean, it's – very sarcastic when well, I say Well, you're right. The FBI director said that. That training center, this is not the first incident that's happened down there. There had been a previous occupation by a group that had, were living in the trees, strapped themselves up into the trees. Yeah. Well, but I, I do think, and my memory may be faulty here, but this was over a year ago, I believe. I think somebody was shot by police while this was happening because they were throwing Molotov cocktails at police officers, mm-hmm. and I, I believe somebody was shot and killed. 
at well, that same site over the same protest. Well, that's a lethal engagement. Right. Tough cocktails. Wow. Uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, he's he's lying uh, again, it seems, and uh, he co- he commissioned a study that he then used uh, to disprove the COVID Wuhan leap, lab, lab leak theory, and he and his organization funded their research, including enhanced research, it is said. And so uh, he is on record as saying uh, uh, the Wuhan lab theory isn't uh, correct, and uh, and and some scientists have said it, and I don't know their names. He said he was with Trump at a podium. He said, I don't know their names. I'll get their names for you. But that's uh, that's more lies from him, allegedly, because he did know their names because he wrote the letter that he wanted them to publish that discredited the theory. He knew who they were. He encouraged them to write it. But he said, I don't know who they are. We're going to look into this more. And uh, so so members of the Republican House are saying we have to get that guy before us and maybe uh, uh, charge him with uh, deceptions and. Uh, uh, and other things. Uh, so Fauci's got more to answer. But you know, the larger question is it? I'm no fan of Fauci, okay? But is it wise to be going after him instead of going after um, more information from the Chinese on actually ha- what happened so we have the knowledge that we need uh, it, to stop that from ever happening again? I mean, well, with a dictatorship like that, we're not going to find out. And the Chinese are threatening American officials who keep bringing it up. They're telling them not to bring it up or there will be more confrontations between the two nations. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the idea that you can't bring it up because the Chinese don't want us to bring it up is <laughs> a pretty good reason to bring it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I know they had a hearing in the House yesterday on this. I think it was the first opening hearing under the House Republicans. And by the way, the Democrats were able to call their own witnesses, unlike the January 6th commission Mm. um, hearings. But um, there was one of the people who testified, identified three things that they do have knowledge of that happened at the Wuhan lab in 2019, basically around the time this virus was introduced into quote unquote the wild uh human transmission that um one of them was that the military took over the lab in China. Uh number two, a new ventilation system was installed. And number three, the genomic sequences were deleted. And this person was a epidemiologist and he says scientists don't want to do that because if you delete the sequences you lost all your past work. And those three things alone would be enough to have Columbo very interested in starting to ask some very direct questions. <laughs> yeah, oh, another thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, time for another item. One more thing, sure. Uh, we have so many uh, outstanding mailbag contributors, and one of them is Randy. And, uh, a program or so ago, I mentioned Randy's research on uh, the whale deaths uh, off the East Coast uh, being connected uh, allegedly to uh, offshore wind projects. And uh, 
and uh, the feds are still denying the link. But I have an article here that uh, it seems that if the left's green energy initiatives are being are meant to be environmentally uh, friendly, they're doing more harm than good on the on the east coast whales are being stranded on american beaches they're near the offshore wind projects many believe these are causing it so more and more uh, people are investigating this especially republicans but the environmentalists don't want this pursued uh the save the whale business uh doesn't interest them they're more interested in uh, in wind power to get away from fossil fuels, and so that's sacred to them. So they're dismissing any connection, uh, the the leading uh, spokespeople for that. But in May 2022, a scientist, uh, Sean Hayes, wrote a memo, said the development of offshore wind poses risks to whales. Risks occur at varying stages, including the construction, development, increased noise uh, of these uh, wind turbines, the uh, it involves vessel traffic too, uh, navigating in these areas, and that affects the, the, the water and and uh, other things, the habitat modifications. Uh, so more lawmakers and scientists are calling for more investigation into this. And uh, some say the left is hypocritical because they want to protect wind power, and they're less interested in the whales now. It seems. Uh, okay, well I'm going to take a wait and see attitude on that one. It well, could be all, it could, I mean, it could all be coincidental. Well, uh, nothing's coincidental, Andrew. <laughs> conspiratorialist, but a former New Jersey uh, candidate, uh, Steve Gray, said, where are the environmentalists on this? No outrage, no protests, uh, uh, and uh, the hypocrisy is deafening, and we've had 14 dead whales in this area and counting. But I have no knowledge of how many whale deaths you have on any given year so has that been a really big increase or is it a couple more i that's why i'm I'm saying i'm not enough information well it's still a whale of a number (laughs) there you go (laughs) and with that really horrible pun we're going to take a break (laughs) okay Uh, that's horrible but i'm laughing okay back with more rochester today in a moment on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. First impressions are lasting impressions. And these Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. Rochester Today with T.O. I'm Andy Brownell. I did read something really cool, Tom. I'm going to try to get through this as fast as I can. But there's an article about how in Ukraine, apparently, there is a whole bunch of really skillful computer scientists, software writers, and some of these people volunteered for the Ukraine military, so they're on the front line. And if you get to know software developers, they I know a few. Their their minds think differently than I do at least, but they're always resolving problems. So some of the technological problems they're seeing on the front lines is these people are thinking up solutions and getting in contact with their old co-workers who are still in civilian life doing this. And they're rapidly rewriting software and creating weaponry, new new capabilities for existing weaponry 
that is having a big impact on the battlefields, and they're crediting some of the Ukraine um, successes with this synergy that's developed between frontline soldiers who are software experts, computer scientists. Oh. And it was just, it was really interesting. They've actually developed a way that they modified Soviet-era grenades and made them into miniature bombs that they're dropping from highly sophisticated drones mm-hmm. that have been reworked by these software developers to be produce highly accurate weapons against the uh, the Russian forces. <laughs> it's just very, very interesting. Well, it is, and they're going to have to do that. I think that war is going to go on until Ukraine will be completely destroyed because with these weapons, the war will go on on, on uh, President Zelensky's side. And the Russians are increasing their attacks successfully using missiles and drones that come from other nations that are helping them and expanding their territory. So you got uh, people on both sides saying we're winning. You got people saying we're losing. You're not sure the casualties Ukraine suffers, but we, uh, there are more guesses about Russia. So how long uh, will that just enhance, or will it, will it end the war sooner? This technology that'll have we'll have to see. Yeah, there's no answer to that. That yeah. is for sure. It is. Um, Canada's Prime Minister Trudeau, his popularity is uh, very very low. Uh, people still remember his. Uh, a dictatorial handling of the trucker freedom convoy. He called them a fringe minority. He, they, the police, uh, 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 damaged some of their trucks. Uh, they, they took some of the truckers freedom away. They went after their private lives and their uh, cell phones. And, uh, people remember that. And so Trudeau has recently said, I regret calling the trucker freedom convoy a dangerous and fringe minority. He regrets that. He now regrets it. Yeah. And then uh, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, uh, has a new prime minister. Um, his last name is Sunak. And he warned that henceforth, because of the overwhelming immigration issues in Britain now, especially from people arriving by boat, that illegal immigrants entering Great Britain from now on will be arrested and deported. We have to stem this flow. Uh, uh, American officials in the Biden administration better take notes, but uh, he said illegal immigrants from now on, arrest and deportation. I think it's a little easier to enforce that kind of policy when you're on an island. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> one more item before we run. We are almost out of time. Uh the U.S., the United Kingdom Anglican Church, uh, that's related historically and connected to the U.S. Episcopal Church in colonial history. Um, they're facing a split over the Anglican Church, also called the Church of England. Uh, the higher bishops have capitulated to say they're critics to the LGBT activists. And there are conservative archbishops that have rejected the church leadership on that issue. So the, the church in Britain is split on this now, and that'll probably feed over to the uh, U.S. Anglican Church. Uh, and and I must say, from reading the African bishops, the the uh, African bishops uh, uh, are more conservative on social policy and traditional values than than European bishops, and they're fighting these things too. So that oh. goes on. All right. 
with that, we'll skedaddle and we'll catch you next week, Mr. Ostrom. Okay. Um, tomorrow will be Steve Lang from Rochester Magazine with us. So look forward to that. Thank you, Tom. You too, Andy. All right. You have a great weekend. Talk to you on Tuesday. It's Rochester Today on News Talk. 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. The Minnesota Twins play here. Rochester.